Apple presents events at the Apple Store. I want you guys to take a look at the trailer for Bernie. Can I tell you, I am not fond of cremations. I just don't like the idea of someone spending eternity in something the size of a motel ice bucket. <laughs> he was the nicest guy in town. He was about the most popular man in Carthage. Real people, person. Just made you feel real good about yourself. It's like he'd cast a spell over the entire area. Room service. And she was just a mean old widow. She used to tear up my toys. She pulled the heads off my dolls. Well, there's some goodness in there, too. Who says opposites don't attract? She doesn't have anyone. She's a very lonely person. She needs someone. Uh, you sure about that? From the director of School of Rock and Dazed and Confused. It was widely assumed that Bernie was accompanying her places. Oh, yeah, Bernie took her everywhere. They went to Russia, Acapulco, New York City. They went to Europe, always first class. He bought jet skis, nine cars. This spring, somewhere along the way, it was just Bernie. He was her servant. She was demanding. You should have been here hours ago. Condescending. All I want is for you to be a man for once in your life. Even conniving. I know you hate me! No! Everybody else. I don't know how the guy stood it. A woman like that with a bad heart? He should have just shoved the pillow right over her face. There are people in town, honey, that would have shot her for $5. Everybody's describing Bernie Tudor as an angel. The nicest fellow I've ever met. He didn't do it. He's an angel, all right. An angel of death. <laughs> that dog don't hunt. Jack Black, Shirley MacLaine, Matthew McConaughey. Wheel of misfortune. Your number comes up. Danny Buck's coming to get you first. Bernie. In freezer? Yeah. All one piece or chopped up? One piece. Frozen like a popsicle. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Scott Feinberg from The Hollywood Reporter. Good evening, everybody, and thank you for joining us tonight. I promise you it's going to be uh, a good time. Um, and that's because for 20 years, the, the two guests that we have here tonight have been uh, giving us a good time at the movies. Many of the many of the most beloved movies, uh, pe movies that people watch over and over again um, and that, that have really uh, aged well. And this year, they have given us one of the best movies of 2012. They worked together nine years ago as well, as you may recall, on a little movie called School of Rock. And so uh, to have them back together for Bernie is uh, a treat for all of us. So I hope you'll join me in welcoming the writer and director, Richard Linklater, and the great actor, Jack Black. <laughs> Check, check. Rick Linklater, ladies and gentlemen. Did they already say his name? Did you already? Yeah, I'm wingman. <laughs> well, guys, thank you for uh, making the time to be here tonight. Love lifted me. All right. You feeling genius-like here? Genius? Is this the, are we in the genius? Oh, I see some genius, yeah. <laughs> um... I want to begin by asking you two uh, if you can talk about how you first met, because as we just mentioned in the intro, 
It's been nine years since School of Rock, and uh, I think, uh, I guess we'd like to know just how you first crossed paths for that and, and how this one came about as well. Just, uh, I actually understand, uh, Rick, that this was on the radar before even School of Rock. Yeah, it's true. This was based on, Bernie's based on incidents that happened in the late 90s. Um, so yeah, I, I had this story I was trying to make as a film, but we, we met, you know, it was 10 years ago, about now. We were shooting School of Rock here this in New the, York. This is the... Uh, 10 years of, yeah. ago. This is the reunion. Kind yeah, kind of, sort of. So 10 years, we just met, I had never met Jack, I was a fan, but we, you know, got together on that movie and... Been it friends. was really Scott Rudin that brought us together. Absolutely. He was the producer of School of Rock. Mm -hmm. And uh, he thought it would be good if we collaborated. And so we took a meeting. Did, and yeah. it was love at first sight. For me. <laughs> I can't speak for Rick, but... Uh, well, Rick, I mean, I guess what... Uh, we, let, let's ask. What, what was it about Jack that you saw for, for that movie in particular? I mean, obviously it turned out so well, but what made you say this, is, this guy is actually well, uh, the right guy for the part? Jack on um, Bernie? Well, first School of well, Rock. Well, no, he was already attached to School of Rock when I came so aboard, I mean, so yeah. I think he had to approve me. Right, right, right. And Jack didn't think... He was worried I took kind of a serious approach. I think you were worried I wasn't going to be that funny at first, well, uh, but... My the, first introduction to Rick Linklater was The Incredible Slackers. I don't know if anyone saw that. Slacker. One, one Sorry, Slacker. Yeah, there's a... Although there's a lot of slackers in the movie. Yeah. Here it's God, I never absolutely. get that right. That sort of ruins my whole story. I get the name of the movie Who, who cares about me? <laughs> Think about Rick. On. You gotta check out his movie, Slackers. <laughs> Next question. Yes. I guess why at that time was... <laughs> Why did you go forward with School of Rock but hold off on, on Bernie at that point if it was already on your radar? I was waiting for Jack to age like fine wine <laughs> in, into his part. That's right, right. Bernie was late 30s, and, you know, that was it. And Shirley was too young for the part, as was Matthew, so <laughs> they all had to age right. eight or nine years. But, Jack, was this something that you guys talked about? It was, uh, it, no. you know, did you, it, were you aware that Bernie was percolating? No, no. I did not know this. You didn't know you were aging into the part? <laughs> Rick's got a lot I'm of I'm bullshitting, secrets. of course. I just of, gave it to him. He's got, you know. like, he's, he's planning out the movies he's going to make in 2025 <laughs> right now. He, he, he's, a, he's a very patient man with a long view. Right. And um, that's part of his genius. So when you did team back up for this one all those years later, did you feel like you were sort of picking up where you left off? I mean, some people that have worked together multiple times say they feel like they have a, a shorthand in a way. Was that your experience? Absolutely. And this had a huge music element to it, like School of Rock. So it was just fun. Different right. kind of music. Right, right. This was like, you know, hymns and gospel. But it was Jack brought the, the rock. Is that fun for you to, to be able to sort of show off your musical side on screen again? I do love to mix my music with my acting. Yes. I do. It is fun. And uh, yeah, this was a great opportunity to do that with some music that I'd never really explored. Gospel. Yes. Yes. Um, and it was cool. Not only gospel. It's passionate music. It's beautiful, passionate music. It's not rocking, but it, uh, it definitely can get you going. Oh, you, you know, you're singing about God. Singing about the Savior. It's important stuff for those that you know are, are deep in there. Well, we also uh, we also get to see you uh, in full costume for the Music Man. 
That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not just gospel. There's, That's yes, right. the musical theater, right. which actually is closer to my roots. I did a lot of musical theater in my, in my high school days. I was Pippin in Pippin. I don't know if you're familiar with that, that <laughs> production. Classic work, absolutely. You ever seen Pippin? <laughs> ben Vereen was a big influence on me in my early days. Well, we'll see, we'll see a snippet of that uh, scene in, in a moment, but I guess one thing that just blows my mind, I, I guess for you, you've worked on some massive, massive scale movies, but you tend to work sort of on a smaller scale. 22 days sounds to me like nothing to make this movie in, and yet you, that's sort of the schedule you like, right? No, no, misconception. I don't like it, yeah. but that's all you have sometimes. Yeah. No, I like 50 days like we had on School of Rock, but... You know, when you got five million, and that's just what we had. It's the indie world, so it's fine. We made it. Jack liked it. I prefer it. I like to do a short schedule where you, you get to do a lot of acting every day. Because on the big budget movies like King Kong, I clocked like most of the time was just sitting in the trailer waiting and getting nervous. Like, okay, they're going to call me pretty soon. And you sit there for eight hours just getting more and more nervous. And then it's time to act. And it's just like, eh. <laughs> you're so exhausted from a full day of fretting. Right, right. But when you're working on a little indie, there's no trailer time. Yep. You were acting, 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 done with a day, tired but exhilarated. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's better. Yeah, I guess there, I had read an interview, Rick, that you gave somebody where you were saying that 10 years ago even, this kind of a movie would have had a much easier time getting a bigger budget, getting maybe a longer shooting schedule. What's changed in the last 10 years? Obviously, the economy's sort of... Uh, struggled, but but you really feel that way ten ten years ago even. Yeah, I mean Hollywood used to make films kind of like this, small comedies or off kilter things, but they don't really do that so much anymore. They've just kind of outsourced that to the indie world, and you know you can still get your film made, but you know it's not the business the studios are in. But anyway, you guys don't want to talk about that, do you? It's <laughs> well, boring and a little depressing, <laughs> but. Oh, well, we make do, though. No, well, it's, it was great, yeah. and thankfully people really turned out. It did very well at the box office, right? Well, let's take a, a minute now to just see a sort of a making of featurette, and then we'll resume the conversation after it that. It did better than the Avengers in indie. Per capita, or per uh, whatever. Independent dollars. It's like dog years. You I don't see. need to get as many of them <laughs> to get a big hit. Well, let's, uh, let's see how it came together, and then we'll, we'll resume. All right. Bernie Tita is a complicated character. He's very gentle, but very motivated and ambitious in terms of all the things that he, he uh, tries to achieve. Becomes a, a jack of all trades and the most liked man in the community. And it seems as though he's obsessed with being loved. With the townspeople talking to the camera, like a Greek chorus, I thought, oh, this is a sociological comment on oh, East Texas. This is Kevin, he, he works here. Of course it's funny, it's a comedy noir. So, come on, let's go. Okay. Kevin, it was nice let's talking. Go. But the first time you're laughing in this story, you're kind of going, am I supposed to be laughing? But that's funny, man. I mean, and all of a sudden everyone's in on the, the whole joke and you're kind of, it lets you know that you can laugh. He'd always be wearing these hemmed, pleated shorts with his belt line above the navel. I think this is like a, a long lens microscope that goes through the pine trees and shows and exposes this little area in East Texas behind the big thicket. 
Carthage, this is where the South begins. This is life behind the pine curtain. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Please be seated. <laughs> All right, cut. <laughs> so the the movie is set. The movie is set in uh, East Texas. Rick, you're from there, right? Is that yes? Yes, I grew up there, and Hunt, Huntsville, Texas, which uh, is south from Carthage. I see. So was this actually also shot there? Matthew grew up there, too, by the way. He grew up in Longview, Matthew McConaughey. Okay. And so did you um, go back to make the movie there? or was it? We shot a few days there, but fortunately where, um, where I live in Austin, Texas, there's, a town not, there's an area not too far from it that looks like it. It's got a lot of pine trees, so that's all we needed. So we shot there mostly, but we did go to Carthage for a while and shoot there. One thing uh, that we used a lot of all the people are from there too. Though that was that yeah, was all where the, I was going. I have to the say the Greek <laughs> uh, chorus right. of endless amounts of people. Yeah, that these guys. A lot are, of them were from there. You sprinkle them throughout the movie, and and it it, it is like it's, it's perfect. These guys are almost you know I, I I now know the answer, but I wonder if you could tell people you know watching the movie, you, you sit there wondering, are these guys actors? Because if they are, they all deserve Oscars. They're so. You know, you couldn't make up people like this. So can you tell how you came to them? Well, some of them are actors. That's just it. It's all scripted. You know, it's made to seem like it's improv. Or, but it, it was all scripted. I mean, a lot of them put their own, you know, twists on everything. But, uh, you know, just met a lot of really, uh, I just thought, funny, interesting folks and could do those, could do those parts. I mean, we found some real gems. Right. Okay, baby. <laughs> you know. You got to see the movie if you haven't. The scene at the end of the movie, if for those of you who have seen it, um, when she comes to visit you in prison, we worked that up like the night before in that day with her. I just liked her so much, and she was sort of hanging out. She was retired or something, didn't have anything better to do. So This is the woman who, yeah, who wants she, him to come do her funeral? Yeah. yeah. She's got an amazing story, though. Like She, she was a Elvis's hairdo expert. Yeah. Someone's got to make a movie about that lady, yeah, too. Yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But let's face it, the, the find of the movie is Matthew McConaughey's mother. One of the funniest yeah. ladies I've out. ever seen. Yeah, I've known her for years, you know, so. And she's another. I called her up. She kind of stole the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I called up Matthew first and asked if it would be okay if his mom was in the movie. Because he, he said, yeah, but I didn't tell him she, they had a scene together. Right. So and he figured that out about the day before we shot it. Right. Um, you mentioned improvisation, and I'm just curious. I, I believe from from your other movies, this is something you're you're uh, you enjoy and you're you're great at. How much of that with uh, with a great writer are you allowed to uh, do? Is it how much of this is scripted versus improv here? It's. I don't think there was a lot of improv this time. I think I, I stuck to the script for the most part, right? Did I did I drop any golden nuggets? <laughs> no, no. You only you're additive. Yeah. Yeah. No, Jack obviously is. You know keeps coming with the great ideas and the comedy and the, you know, I don't know. We improved yeah, quite little, a bit. Yeah, little bits here and yeah, there. Yeah, sure. No major plot Always. improvisations. Yeah, though. no, but the essence, you know. Yeah. A lot of great bits. How about having uh, 
in your movie, and opposite you, one of the great uh, living legends of the Golden Age, Shirley MacLaine. Is that uh, intimidating, exciting? You know, how did you guys work with each other? Well, she loved Jack, so that made everybody's job easier. She yeah. she has this great story that she's had. What you're her third Jack? There's yeah. There's Jack Lemon, Jack Nicholson, and now Jack Black. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But then she added a fourth Jack, her her manager. Yeah. Kind of took the he took, took the, the sweet sauce out of the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Screw her. Yeah. But uh, you know, anyone who's seen the apartment uh, knows that she's the real deal. She's uh, a true legend of the cinema. Right. And uh, what a hot number. <laughs> Back in the '60s. That's right. '50s. You've seen artists and models. Some came running. Yeah. Back in the, the 40s. Around the world. 40s. Now, okay, be careful True. now. No, I mean, <laughs> no, but no one's, had, no one's had a career like her. I mean, who, who made, still who gone. made, had great performances in the 50s who's still in this, cent this century, this decade? You still know, active, yeah. Not a lot of people. I not mean, that's many. a short list of actors. So that's one of the great screen careers, you know, yeah. of all time. Just, yeah, and hands still, down. still gone. She's still got it. Yeah. Oh, and she's got 10 the years glint. from now, she's going to be. Right. <laughs> she's got the power. Bringing it. Yeah. And when, when, we, uh, when we first had our first read through of the, of the movie, it was just the three of us. And she uh, let us know, you know, uh, you think that she's just this bitch, but I'm not going to play her like a bitch. I'm going to play her uh, sympathetic. You know, I'm going to play her. Uh, she's just misunderstood. You know, she's mean. But she's just mean because she she's not going to be pushed around, and you know she was out to prove that she was you know not all bad, and uh, that was a choice you know because you, when you read the script you go okay this lady's like Nurse Ratchet just pure evil, but she didn't want to play it one dimensional like that and I think it added a lot to the to the movie. She found a tenth of a dimension to be likable, but yeah. right. she's pretty awful. I, I have heard Ms. that Nugent. she, uh, she in real life, uh, Miss McLean doesn't doesn't uh, likes to cut through any BS, and and that you really charmed her by basically uh, when the cameras weren't rolling, sort of assuming the same dynamic as your characters have on screen. So yeah, uh, is that correct? Yeah, that's yeah. what we were both kind of in character right. all the time. <laughs> the whole time, and that dynamic persist to this day. The last time I saw you guys together, she okay, Jack, now you'll be picking me up in <laughs> 30 minutes, and then you'll go, and she was kind of, you were yeah, like, yes, Shirley, yes, Shirley, yes, Shirley, of course. Right. That's right, <laughs> you're a gentleman. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's look at a clip. I think it's, it's sort of, to understand this movie, or the, or the character, Bernie, you have to see um, what he's dealing with when he, uh, how, just sort of how much he's willing to put up with for, for so long from uh, from Shirley MacLaine's character. And then, uh, you know, it sort of begs the question, what's in it for him? Why is he suffering all this abuse? And what's the nature of their relationship? And so there is a question that comes up about the, you know, the sexual dynamic that may or may not exist. So we're going to look at a clip of how she treats him and then uh, people speculating about what actually is going on between the two of them. What happened with Carl? I got rid of him. I caught him red-handed. God knows what else he's been stealing from me, Bernie. He says he was going to get it fixed. That's what he says. Well, I don't think Carl And would... those flowers he supposedly planted, they're supposed to bloom two weeks ago. He is a lazy good-for-nothing. The man's never done anything. I don't think that he would ever do anything Why like... Why are you sticking up for his kind? 
Marjorie, you're making it very hard to be your friend. I'm gonna come back some other time. Oh, just go ahead, desert me, just like everybody else. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go, 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 you hate me. Marjorie, I am not going to take part in this argument. You I know, know I don't like you, you, and that's bad. I know you hate me! No. So that's part one, and then um, part two is uh, asking the question, just sort of what is really going on here between these two people who are quite, have quite a few years between them. He had a tendency to hold on to another man's hand, just a touch too long after shaking it. And he had a subscription to Men's Fitness Magazine. Now, if you ever seen Bernie Teeter, you know darn well it wasn't for the workout tips. And when you'd see him around town, all right, if he wasn't at the church or working at the funeral home, he'd always be wearing these doggone hemmed starch shorts with his belt line above the navel. And the kicker is, he always wore sandals. That proves it. <laughs> yeah, no, I would have loved to. I wanted that to keep going, but um, okay. So let's 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 dig into the question because uh, I don't. Th I think it's it's. I just wonder, did you two ever sort of reach a conclusion, is Bernie sexually interested in her? Is he asexual? Is he gay? Is Like, what actually is going on here? No, they were just friends. Just friends. Yeah, but very close, though. Right. They went everywhere together. He was her manservant, but uh, he was there for emotional support as well. He was her only friend. She didn't have any friends. Not, not a very likable lady, apparently. Um, but there was no sexual, uh, yeah, exchange. No, Bernie, Bernie made that really clear to us. We visited him in prison, and Jack got an opportunity to ask him these kind of questions. As I, well, I guess so. Um, he was very clear about that. Could you, could you guys talk a little bit about that prison visit? Because yeah. that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, this, the opportunity to get to... To really pick the guy's brain, uh, what? Yeah, how did that, that how was that arranged? That and what doesn't came happen that? very often. I asked Jack. You know, some actors want to meet the person they're based on, and some don't. Right. Sometimes a director will say, "I don't want you to," like I heard on Social Network, they didn't want him meeting those people. Right. But I put First it to all, you, I and Jack was like, "Yes, I want to meet him." So right. we went there. And is it clear to everyone here that Bernie murders uh, Marjorie? Just in case, is that a spoiler alert? It shouldn't be a spoiler. It doesn't well, happen at the he's end. He's in prison, so happens something happens in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Half, halfway through the movie, actually. Um, yeah. So uh, we met him, and uh, I mainly wanted to just meet him to see him in person, see how he talked and walked, and get some clues to how to play him. But also, I just wanted to talk a little bit about why he didn't just leave. The main question when you read the story is. If she's so horrible, why don't you just leave? Why murder her? And uh, the feeling I got is the same kind of feeling you get when you hear about uh, any couple abusive relationship where you know the wife will murder the hu the abusive husband. Why didn't you just leave? And you, it's not that simple. You, when you get stuck in a in a codependent relationship, those things can go sour really fast. And yeah. 
It was an abusive, it's basically a portrait of an abusive relationship. It's just, in this case, the, the young man's being abused, you know, which is kind of rare, you know. And, and if, what, from speaking to him, were you guys able to conclude about why this guy who was very successful at what he was doing before, very loved, why give it up for, for something like that if it wasn't, you know, conventional love, I guess? Well, it was never put like that. I mean, it's just, how does any relationship start? You just realize you're in it, you know. And she was the wealthiest widow in town. She's worth a lot of money, and they're traveling the world, and he admits to liking all that. They you know, had great the first... adventures all yeah. over the world together. It just so happens she was super duper controlling and overbearing as well. This is this is just a maybe a strange question, but I'm curious. In a few weeks or months, you're going to be asked by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which which the, handles the Golden Globes, to categorize your movie as either a drama or a musical slash comedy, musical or comedy. How do you? What do you see it? ultimately being. Do they have a tragic comedy section? <laughs> would, would <laughs> tragic be nice, comedy. right? Yeah. Uh, we're definitely musical comedy. Yeah, it's comedy. Yeah. We have musical elements right. and we have a lot of comedic elements. Right. And it's, it's, is it that dramatic? It's more funny than dramatic, although mm -hmm. it's pretty, pretty dramatic at times. Yeah, definitely. It's dark. It's dark comedy. <laughs> well, Jack had never killed, we have a scene where he shoots her, you know, Again, spoiler alert, right. he shoots her in the back four times. Right. And uh, it was right before we shot it, I went up to you and said, have you ever killed anyone in a movie? And you were like, no. <laughs> you know, 40, 50 movies or whatever. Yeah, you haven't... it was the first time. You know, it's, did a good uh, job. It, it is controversial in certain parts of the country, though. There was, uh, there was that thing you saw on the church uh, bulletin board. Oh, yeah, some people don't think murder's too funny, especially the town that it's right. depicting. Yeah. They let us know that. And how about the... Well, when we were shooting the there, you know, the churches have signs out front, and they always say something inspirational. Well, the day we were shooting, the church said, murder is dark, but not comedy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What, what is Welcome the to town. What is the town, uh, the neighboring town or whatever, the one that the uh, Carthage folks don't think very highly of? What, what, what has their reaction been? The ones that were the, where oh, the jury... Where the trial right, was? The trial. Oh, gosh. Right. Yeah, because just because you know, I guess growing up in East Texas, I always call it the greater hick theory. You know, like we're a small town, but the real hicks are those people <laughs> in the smaller town. Right, you know, right. so the trial is in this St. Augustine, a much smaller town. So they all look down their nose at that right. town. So Danny Buck, who's the character Matthew plays, portrays, he told me personally, he says, oh, you'll be fine in Carthage. Yeah, we'll all like that. He says, don't let your car break down in St. Augustine. Though, so. <laughs> Because again, this this Greek chorus just yeah. dumps on those guys in a, in a very funny way. Yeah, well, they they sort of I don't know. I'm from there. I can make fun of them. Oh sure, no. Um, so I guess is there any way for Bernie to actually ever see this movie? I know they don't hold screenings for for people on death row or on in life in prison, but uh, is there any way to uh, get his reaction to what you guys have done? We would love to, you know, Texas prisons suck. I mean, they're one of the worst, if right. not the worst, obviously. But uh, when we visited him, we talked to the warden and she was gonna set up this screening. We thought we had it. And then, you know, when it came time, just got a quick little note saying, no, we're not gonna do that. So I'm still strategizing to get Bernie to be able to see it, right. maybe under some different legal 
you know, guys or something. Right. We're trying to sneak it in there, but it is sad, you know, that he can't he can't see it. Right. Well, and I've heard that your movie has uh, sort of um, spurred an effort to a, a new wave of people who wanna who wanna see Bernie get a new opportunity at at uh, a new trial or something, right? I would hope so, because yeah. I mean, this is. I mean, it's one of those, there's all these different grades of murder, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. believe it or not. People are like, yeah, he did it, but he's already been in 13 or 14 years. It was definitely murder. It was like a temporary insanity murder with circumstances, which usually gets you about 25 years. And he's already served 13. He's a model inmate. You know, it's not like he pre, there's so many people who are out who premeditate their murders and do all this. So you just see how, how arbitrary our criminal justice system is and it's sort of a comment on that. So. I'd like to see him get reconsideration. Yeah. I mean, it was the trial was re- kind of ridiculous, as the movie shows. He didn't really get much of a trial. He was he was sort of convicted before it even started. Yeah, he didn't get a fair trial. So the question is, yeah, of course he deserves to do some time. He did murder someone after all, but the question is how much. And yeah, we there's, think he's done enough. There's always sympathy for people who just didn't do it, who were wrongly convicted. But you, you see a lot less sympathy or a lot less analysis of people who were over, you know, who were wrongly sentenced, you know. There's less, you know, analysis of that. So this would be a case of that if anyone cares, you know. I want to turn this over to the audience if we have any questions for these guys. Um, I guess we will... Just raise your hand. I'll bring a microphone. And I see one right here in yeah, the front we'll, row. We'll, we'll start, start all the way to your right. Oh, oh yes. Hi. I'm a big fan of yours. And um, I just want to know, how, how much does a movie like this would cost about? Is that to Jack or myself? You know better than me. Oh, it's about five. Five million. Oh, thank you. Uh, Where's our mic? Um, if you're doing like a legit union movie, that's how much it costs. Because you hear about these little indies that were, happen yeah. for like 200 grand. That's because they shot it on an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> and no one got paid. And it was, no one got paid because it wasn't union. Yeah, Once you're union, you can't go back. Right. And you can't really. I don't, don't want to make a you Jack union? Shirley you know, movie with. Yeah. You could probably do it for five dollars. <laughs> Our next question's right here in the second row. Yeah, to uh, Jack. Nice shirt. First of Thank all, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Chocolat. Uh, it's yeah. my friend's skateboard company. Cool. Uh, did you have fun in um, with um, in Kung Fu Panda? Did you have fun with um, like Angelina Jolie and Lucy Liu and David Cross? Did, did have I have fun with Angelina Jolie on Kung Fu Panda? <laughs> Part one or two? Any of them. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a different deal when it's a cartoon. I never even saw her. But she did give my wife a beautiful dress when we saw her at uh, the junket. (laughs) Next question right here in the front row. Uh, Richard, in uh, film school, they tell us that in dialogue, to really directly state the plot um, is bad if it's too overstated. Um, with the interview format, did that help you get plot along? Because people very directly state facts in their interviews. And Jack, I love you. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> uh, well, so plot, yeah, I mean, I always saw 
all the people in the kind of interview format as there, there was sort of a narrative device to cut through a lot that I didn't want to dramatize, that didn't, I just saw, I mean, each film, it's kind of like the director, writer, director, it's like how to tell the story. Million stories in the world, how to tell it, what's the most effective way to communicate it? That's always the challenge. In this case, I got this idea of a gossip circle. I'd never really seen that in a movie where, you know, something happens in a small town, having grown up in a small town, the way people talk and you hear it refracted through other, their personalities, their opinions, and I just thought that was kind of funny kind of a funny way to see this. And it leaves Bernie kind of enigmatic. He doesn't really speak for himself. He is seen through everybody's viewpoint other than his own. He's a reflection of them. So I just thought that was an interesting way to, to tell it. But I don't know if that answers your question, but don't believe what they teach you in film school. I don't know. <laughs> Next question's in the back row right in front of you. Oh, thank you. Um, I got two questions, one for Jack and one for Richard. Um, how was it like working with uh, Peter Jackson as a director? And also for Richard, I want to ask you, was School of Rock already an established um, place or it became a thing after the movie? Because I, I never seen a School of Rock school until I went to New Jersey recently. You go first. Oh, the most recent question, I'll go first. Uh, yeah, I'd never really heard of a school. A, there is that guy going around saying he's the guy based on the the movie was based on him, but we had never heard of him. But I think he's doing pretty well with that. Yeah, um, Peter Jackson was cool. I liked, I liked uh, following him around. Since I played a director in King Kong, my plan was just to follow him around and be Peter Jackson in the movie too. But I felt way too intimidated. When I followed him around, I started feeling like, I should, probably shouldn't be here listening to this conversation. And then I just bailed on that idea. Just went back to my trailer, all shy. Next question, third row, right in front of you. Uh, Rick, I had a question about the interview of the townspeople. I mean, you said it was all scripted. How did you go about doing that exactly? Did you interview people in town and then distill the essence and then give it to the actors? Or how did that yeah, work? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, a lot of it came actual from uh, the journalistic notes that my co-writer, Skip Hollinsworth, he wrote the article that the, the story that I originally read. And I attended the trial back then and all that. But I read this article. He gave me his journalistic notes. And I was reading through it. That's where I got the idea for the Greek chorus of gossips. Because what they were saying, just these people who kind of knew Bernie or kind of, they were saying the funniest shit. So I was like, that's hilarious. How do we get that in the movie? And there wasn't really a place for it except someone saying it the way they said it. So it was just this conceit to cram a lot of that in there and that that would be the color of the movie. So a lot of that came from not them, but someone, you know, 12 years ago said something remotely like that. And a, f a few people actually knew him. There's some people in there who were the real people. So they often said things that were legit, you know, but it was a mishmash. So. Next one, similar spot right over here. Thank you to three of you for coming out today. And uh, Jack, are you religious yourself? And if not, what was it like playing a religious character? I was brought up Jewish and I got my bar mitzvah. And that's when you become a man, when you're 13 years old, and you can make decisions. And I decided not to go to synagogue ever again <laughs> and not be religious at all, because I was a man. 
and I think that's fair. But uh, I have, now that I have children, uh, started to think maybe it wasn't all bad. Maybe I got some good things out of it, you know? Some building blocks for, uh, you know, ethics and whatnot. And I started thinking maybe, maybe we'll go back and uh, get, they might be sucking me back in now. Do you want to right be when a I thought Southern, I was free. Southern, Did the film want to make you be a Southern Baptist or Methodist? Oh, did the film make me? I mean, the Lord to, was to operating the, through you clearly the Jesus in the movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, talking. Well, you know, he you know. was a really good Jew. That's how it started off. Yeah. If you really want to know what he was it was all about, you gotta. That's what I mean. Yeah. Sure. Come over to. It's it. all the same book, right? <laughs> yeah. I I I don't. I'm not a hater. I don't mind uh, people uh, who uh, worship the book. Just uh, it's always trouble when uh, when religion mixes with politics, and that's how the world's going to end when the the uh, the religious bombs start flying. I hate to put a damper on the proceedings, but uh, <laughs> religion always ends up with uh, Armageddon. Let's face it. Right. Next question's in the front row. Um, this question's for Jack. Um, with the internet developing as like a new platform for comedians and actors alike, um, are movies still your favorite comedic platform for humor and things like that? I like playing in front of a live audience the most. That's the most fun. Like when I get with my band, Tenacious D, and we go and play in front of a crowd. That's the most exhilarating. But uh, the, the films are all, always the thing that pulls me back because it's the opportunity to to uh, tell a story to, to a hundred audiences at once and, and you can do so many cool things with you know the camera that you just can't do live. Thank you, you're beautiful. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> we have time for two more questions. There's one here in the third row. Hello, thank you for coming out tonight. Um, I'm a fan of both of you. I'm proud to say that I can probably recite both Kung Fu Panda and School of Rock line by line. <laughs> um, so, but I was wondering, um, what was it like, uh, the, difference, the differences or the similarities of working um, with, I mean, in School of Rock, you're with a lot of younger kids. And it seems like in Bernie, there are a lot of older folks. And so what was the differences? What was that experience like? What was it like? Sorry, I was going back to the religious question. What was it? School of Rock? What was it? O older folks and younger folks? School of Rock versus Bernie? Um, you know, it felt, it, felt, uh, it felt similar in that uh, I was working with Rick. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really focusing on, on uh, the age of the other actors, but... Yeah, that's on the set when you're working on a Rick Linklater movie. You, it's different than other movies because you're, you know, better prepared. M more stuff is well thought out and rehearsed. And uh, but uh, yeah, I'm afraid that's all I have for you. <laughs> Old people, young people. Old people, young people. I'm. Oh, God. I'm going to go old people. <laughs> you don't have to be PG-13 around old people. When they get old yeah. enough, then they start being like kids again, right? <laughs> Final question, all the way to your right over here in the second row. Hi. Um, I was just, this is a question for Richard. 
Um, I feel like your movies have been really diverse from Slacker to, you know, Waking Life um, through Bernie and then back Fast Food Nation and everything and School of Rock. I was just wondering if there's, is there a common thread um, amongst all the different ones or are you looking for something in particular when you're taking on a project? Uh, no, the common thread is just, I mean, it sounds corny, but it's just a story you're trying to tell. You know, each time it's a different story. Jack and I are ta talking about musicals, you know. I have, I think in musical terms, you know, I want to make a musical, but I don't know exactly what, you know. You guys might do one together. Oh, I don't know. We just Come on, Rick. Let's make another one let's right do now. It. Let's put on a show. Come let's on. not wait another 10 years, dude. Let's not. I'm ready. That would be awesome. So I don't know if that said. answered your question, but yeah, just, you know, you get obsessed with the story and then how to tell it. And I got a bunch I'm trying to make, so. You know, there's not Do much, you think not there's much a rhyme or threat? reason. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think there's a theme that he's continually uh, going back to? A lot of babes? Just a lot of babes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good theme, man. I'm, I'm down. What's wrong with that? All right, so the, the Who's moral... Who's the babe in Bernie? Is it... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, moral, the moral of the story is you got to go if you haven't already. And even if you have, go go check out Bernie again and thank these guys, as, as I do, for being here. Thanks a lot. Thank, thank you once again. Richard thanks for having Jack Black. Thank you. <laughs>